running down the aisle. I love it. Well, don't just run down the aisle and then stop and go back. Oh, my goodness. All right, good morning. Anybody know why I'm wearing purple? Come on! We fought a battle against the mighty golden lions of UAPB. What? Yeah, that's right, golden lions. You can't come in to Amon G. Carter's house and come out with a victory, right? Every college football's back in. Who's excited? Come on! Every Texas school that matters won, right? That's right. Not all of them won because A&M beat, you know, school formerly known as Southwest Texas State University. It hurt a little bit. It's all right because I still got TCU. So it is back on. This is opening day of dove season, not, not Paloma, but it's opening day of dove season. And so it, it's Labor Day weekend. Who's excited for an extra day tomorrow? Oh, just boring. Yeah, we're closed. <laughs> it's good timing there. I don't even know who's up there running slides. That was perfect timing. Um, yeah, it, and you know, this is an extra credit. This is extra credit Sunday. You show up on Labor Day weekend. Jesus is like, oh man, they're in it. All right, they love me. Good, they're here. They could have been doing anything, but they're here. Good for you. See, he notices things like that. Um, and and uh, so we're excited to have you with us. Look, connection card. Everybody, get your connection card out. Come on, send your bulletin. We're going to keep doing it, keep doing it until we have them all. And not, every, not all of you have been showing up every Sunday. There you go, hump brother. Um, yeah, we have these things right here. Go fill it out. We want to know that you're here. We take this seriously, that when you come into this place, that you're a part of who we are. And so we really want you to be here. And most importantly, today is step one of the growth track. Today is if you have been, you're going to start hearing about the growth track all the time. Every first Sunday of the month will be step one. Every second Sunday of the month will be step what? Man, y'all are the advanced class, you know. That's right, step two, then step three, then step four. We will not miss another Sunday. Um, it, will, it doesn't matter if it's Super Bowl Sunday, we will have the class. The class meets immediately following this service in the church offices right behind me, right? So you just leave out the back, walk around, go into the church offices. Step one, today, this whole growth track process, the whole purpose behind this, we're gonna talk about it more next week. Um, but it, it's, it's to help you find where you should be in the kingdom of God. Um, this first one is about belonging to this church. If you've been coming to this church for a while and you're like, man, this, you know, that guy's not that crazy, and, and you want to make this a part of your, your spiritual journey and home, this is the day that you join the church. Now, mostly you, you may remember in Methodist schools of thought that we have you come on down and we have you up front and we ask you those questions. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, what we're going to do is you're going to come to the class, you're going to hear about who we are as a church and make the decision then um, whether or not to join. And, and then we'll announce big groups of people. We'll still ask you the same questions. Do you believe in God and Jesus and will you serve this church and those things? And we're going we're gonna to cover the Methodist boxes, but, but we are also going to try to build something a little different. That when you belong to this church, you don't just call it your church because you come here on Sunday, that you're in this church, that you're a part of this church, that you're a part of this family. And as a part of this family, man, we all push together to move this ball forward. So there you go. If you have questions about it, please see me or, or Pastor Troy in the back, and, and we can tell you all that stuff you want to know. Now, today, cup number two, the second cup. We started two, a couple of weeks ago setting the table for this whole come to the table thing, this whole new experience, and, and kind of vision and push for what we're doing here. And the idea is is that Christianity is a dying, we're an endangered species because, especially in the Western church, because we're not reproducing as much as we are dying. 
We're not bringing people into the fold. We're not, we're not having people. Our kids, when they get older, are turning away, which, you know, Scripture says, teach them when they're young and when they're old, they will not depart from it. But apparently we are not doing a good job at the first part. So much so that the numbers of, of Christians in different generations behind me is just plummeting. More likely someone in the generations, the millennials and, and the Gen Z and all the different things that are out there are, are, are none. We're like spiritual, but we don't have anything. And because we've lost the ability to tell the story. That's the language that our culture speaks in, and that's what Leonard Sweet, the author of this Come to the Table, where I got the idea for this series, says. He says, look, storytelling is the language of our culture, and if we are going to connect with people, we have to speak the language that our culture speaks. And we have the greatest story ever told. We have to recapture the, the, the belief that this is not a chapter, verse thing, but it's a story. We have to lose ourselves in the middle of the story, and when you read it as a story, things pop up and they come to life like never before. And so we, we look to the stories that are told here. We, we look to the story that Jesus told time and time again. You look to the story that Paul told time and time again, and that story is the same story that Jews all over the world tell every Passover at their Seder meal. The story that Jesus told the night that he was betrayed when he sat around the table with his disciples, right? And it comes from the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 6. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will free you from your oppression. I will rescue you from slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. And I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You have this whole story is centered around four cups. These, these four cups, the whole story in that Seder meal, you have four cups and, and you're served cup and tell a story and then you have another cup, tell a story, another cup. All these four cups and the four cups are the cup of sanctification. It's the first cup and it's that cup meaning you're set apart, that, that God chooses you as his own, that you're washed clean by the blood of Jesus. The second cup is, is the cup of deliverance. It's this cup of healing being set free. The third cup is the cup of redemption or restoration. And the fourth is the cup of praise. It's the condition of your soul. It's, it's finding fulfillment, right? It's these four cups. To say it in a little, little maybe easier way, it's, it's to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Those are the four cups. That's the story that Jesus tells time and time again. It's the story that Paul tells to Colossa and to Ephesus. It's these four cups. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Last week, it was all about knowing God. It was all about, all about understanding who you are in God's eyes as a, as a child of God, as a son or a daughter. It's, it's about understanding what it feels like to be washed clean by the blood of Christ. It's about giving your life and accepting that. I got to tell you, last week at the 6 o'clock service, we had five people give their lives to Jesus for the first time. Come on now. That, that is, I know we're Methodists and we don't talk about this all the time, but y'all better get a little uncomfortable because this is coming up from time to time, like all the time. Because it is important because heaven and hell are real. Eternal relationship or eternal separation from God are real things. 
And if those are real things, then we have a responsibility to introduce people to who God is. We have a responsibility to introduce them to that first cup so that they can take a sip of what it feels like to walk into that relationship. But let me tell you, you can take the people out of Egypt, but oh, howdy, it's hard to get the Egypt out of people. Right? And that's what this story is all about. It's, it's when God sets the foundation for the rest of the story. It's when God says to the people of Israel, when they're slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and that's all they know. And he says, that's not who you are. You're no longer slaves. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my people. And so they walk through that, that sea, that, that Red Sea, and they find freedom, and they sing songs and praise. But what happens to them? They wander the desert for 40 years, right? And it wasn't like they were lost. It was, I mean, it would have been nice had they had a Waze app, right? Turn left. I said turn left. Turn left, you know. It's because you can take the people out of Egypt and immediately find a new understanding about who you are. But, but boy, getting that Egypt out of you, that takes time. You got to let some stuff go. I have a good friend who grew up in the country, like country. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like he, at one time he lived on a ranch by himself, like in the middle of nowhere, and just like it was him and cows that he was taking care of. And and he lives here now, and he's married and to a beautiful girl and has wonderful little kids, and and he's a successful businessman. Um, but but you can't get country off of this guy. This guy, like every time you see him. He's wearing the, you know, the, the Wranglers that are like, how do your legs function? Like, how is there blood flowing to the rest of your body when your legs are so tightly wound in these Wranglers, right? He wears those tight, you know, pearl snap shirts, and he's, there's always a cowboy hat near him. Um, I went hunting with him uh, opening day last year, and he shows up. And I don't know if y'all remember that movie. Was it Cool Hand Luke? Where, where that, the, the guard, you know, he's just wearing the Wranglers and the mirrored sunglasses and the white starched shirt and the cowboy hat low, he gets out of his truck, which is a Dodge Ram like 8,500, you know, it's like the biggest giganticest truck you could ever see, has leather seats and all the stuff that's so sweet and nice with technology inside of it, but you can't get the country out of him, right? He's still going to drive up in this gigantic truck that everyone sees coming for five miles and he gets, off with, gets out with a sawed off shotgun to hunt dove. You can take the boy out of the country, but I tell you, it's hard to get the country out of the boy. Some of you probably know who I'm talking about. It's all right. He thinks it's funny. And he's not here this morning, so we can talk about it all we want. When we accept Jesus Christ and we take that first cup of sanctification, we understand what it feels like and means to be called a child of God. There's still work to do. We still got to get to each... For 400 years, they had been told, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is, every aspect of their life was controlled. And then all of a sudden, they're released into this new identity. But they didn't know what to do. You know the stories, right? Time and time again, Moses is like, come on, guys. Who's going, oh, yeah, we're with you, Moses. And then he, I, I'm, I'm gone for 40 days, and I come back, and you've lost your mind. You've built a golden calf to bow down to because that's all you know. we gotta, we got to get rid of this stuff. Let me tell you, he did some cleansing that day, didn't he? Set some people free. So we have to understand that we need 
to let go of those things. In John chapter 8, Jesus says it this way. To the Jews who had believed him, him, right? So the Jews who had taken a sip of the first cup, and they understand that, oh yeah, he really is the Messiah. Jesus says this. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will do what? Set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will be set free? Jesus replies, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son? A son belongs forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, what Jesus is telling them, because they're like, what do you mean? I've never been a slave to anyone. I'm not oppressed. I don't have anything that's weighing me down. I don't have any baggage. I'm happy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm living life great. Things are going well. I accepted Jesus. I've checked that off now. I just need to move on. And what Jesus is saying is like, oh, man. You came into this relationship with me with, with so much baggage and hurt and anguish. You're still walking in it. You don't even realize that it's an anchor holding you back from truly experiencing life with me. Until we cut that anchor free, you're never going to understand. So, so we got to end that oppression. we got to end that, the, those chains that are binding us down. we got to let ourselves be free. But you can't truly be free unless you unless you can really see that you can live in bondage. Unless you really get on board with, you know what, depression is real. Well, you don't have to raise your hand because you, you maybe can't, but those of us who have experienced depression, I went through a season of depression, and it sucks. It's horrible to, to get out of bed, and, 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 and in my job where I was getting up in front of people preaching about the goodness of God, I'm like, blah, 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 in my head. Because I wasn't feeling it myself. Right? And you, we, we walk in these things. You ever had a broken relationship with somebody? It hurts. It hurts. You ever been addicted? Let me tell you what addiction is. Addiction is doing something that you don't want to do because you just can't stop or not doing something. It's either side of it. When we say addiction, like, oh, no, 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 I'm not an addict. I don't do drugs. Really, I, I know some people who have Amazon boxes show up on their doorstep daily. Tell me addiction isn't real, right? There are so many different things that can hold us back and, and, and be burdens in our life. And until we can get on board with, yeah, no, I need to be set free of some stuff. We're not going to fully walk in to what God wants for us. So what do we have to do? The thing that we have to do, what Paul says, is, is we got to wake up the spiritual side of who we are. we we got we to wake that person up. 1 Corinthians 2. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. When we're attached to things of this world, we miss the things of God. Let me say it this way. When I get up here and I start going on and on and trying to get you all excited about the Spirit of God, some of you are really uncomfortable. And I'm not trying to point fingers and say that you have to be crazy and running up and down the aisle to know who Jesus is. 
But what if you let go of your preconceived notions of what worship looked like? What, what, what if you let go of this idea that, that when I'm in church, I have to act differently than I do everywhere else? Like, like, why don't we act the same way in church that we do on Saturday at a football game? Why, why don't we get so excited? Like, your team scores. How many Aggies in the room right now? There you go. Right? I can just say Aggie and you all go, whoop, yeah. What happens when your team scores? Say the words, we all score, Right? Because you turn and you kiss your date. Y'all didn't want to say that because you're in church. You're like, that's just wrong. What happens if somebody comes to Jesus in this, man, I'm going to turn and kiss my wife. Go, yes! Hold on. We'll be right back. Because that's great and powerful and wonderful, right? Man, I told you five people gave their lives to Jesus last week. Come on! If we're so oppressed by the spirit of conformity and like appropriateness. First of all, if you think appropriateness is the way that Jesus rolled, you're A, not reading the scripture, or two, I am not the pastor for you. Right? Because appropriateness in the eyes of the world is not how Jesus rolled. In fact, he was totally opposite of all of that stuff. He was walking into those rooms where those people were so oppressed by religion and rules and regulation. And he's like, it's a bunch of Pooey, get it out of here. Nobody prevents someone coming to me. Nobody puts the spirit in the corner. We have to understand that it's that spirit inside of us when we wake that spirit up. And let me tell you, it, my spirit sometimes takes a nap. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I, I have tasted that first cup. I've even tasted of the second cup. And I get what it feels like to have freedom. And I love those moments where I can just walk into that freedom and go, oh, Jesus, yes. But there are moments where my spirit and I take a little siesta. And we kind of lose that fire and that passion. And I, and I allow things to pile on top. And what Paul says is when you do that, when you do that, it leads to death. Because when you allow those things that you walked into that relationship with Jesus, if you allow that to drive you, it's going to drive you down your path. It's going to drive you down a path that separates you from God's will. And that can only lead to death. Paul says, when I first came to you in Romans, he's like, look, you weren't ready for this. You still had this carnal side. The word in the Greek is carnal this worldly carnal side inside of you. You were still so attracted to the things of this world and the power structures and all that stuff that, that I fed you with milk because you weren't ready for solid food. So kill that side. Get rid of that side. Get rid of that thing that's holding you back. Get rid of that preconceived notion. Get rid of that chain. Get rid of that sail that's catching your wind. Get rid of all those things so that you can truly experience life. I'll tell you this, three things that I can assure you of. God loves you and is for you. So, some of you really know what it means to not be free. You know what it means to, 
to, to feel like I'm just being suffocated by fill in the blank. My relationship with so-and-so, this, this addiction that I have, this, this worry about finances, this anxiety that I have, this, this oppression, this depression, whatever it is, you just like, I, I feel like I can't get a breath. A couple of weeks ago, I think I shared this in here when we had a big major change in staff, somebody walked into my office and they said, how are you doing? I said, what are the signs of a heart attack? And I was partly joking, but there was a lot of truth in there too. And I just felt my breath was labored because I was so anxious and worried about what was going to happen three days later on Sunday. And God says, don't you think I've got this? Don't you think I have the right people in place? Don't you think I care about those kids more than you do? You think I'm going to let them fall through the cracks? Nuh-uh. Take a deep breath and remember that in me you are free. Because we don't operate the way that the world operates. We don't fight with the weapons that the world fights. Because we are assured of the victory because God is for us. In John 3, 16, you all should know this by now, but here's the message version. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one would be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was came to help. God is for you. God loves you and wants the best for you. Here's the second thing I need you to hear. You can be free. That, that, that thing that you have in your heart and your mind that's whispering, that, that the devil is whispering in your mind, no, 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 he's speaking to everyone but you because of this. Let me tell you something. You can be free. Paul says it this way. You no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutality, the hands of sin and death. A strong wind has blown that black cloud away, whatever that black cloud is for you, and brought with it life. Our small group semester started a couple of Sundays ago. And the best way that you can grow in this understanding of the second cup of finding freedom is to be involved in a small group. It's the best way. You can find some freedom in here. Absolutely, and, and God can pull a string on your heart and, and you, can, you can come up here and we're going to in a second to get communion and, and, and release these things and lay these things at the foot of the cross. But unless you share them with someone, unless you open up to somebody and say, look, this is truly that black cloud in my life. Unless you know them and they know you, unless you come to a table and look someone in the eyes and share your story of hurt and heartache, unless you truly confront it, they will always follow you.
and hold on to you. If you're not in a small group, join one. If you want to host one, anyone can host one. We'll show you how. If I host one, it's easy. I don't like a lot of steps. Anyone can do it. And this is the open entry to freedom. And the third thing is this, is that God promises you restoration. God promises you to be restored. But that's the third cup. Today is the second. Today is finding freedom. Today is is that moment where Jesus was sitting around the table with the disciples and he was sharing this Seder meal and he was telling this very story that I, God, will bring you out of Egypt and I will set you free. He will set you free. He will set you free. So bring your burdens. Bring bring those anchors with you. Bring those broken relationships. Bring Bring those depressions and those addictions and bring those anxieties. Bring those financial worries. Bring whatever it is that is holding you back from fully running into the arms of God. Bring it right here today. When you come to receive communion, just bring it up here and say, and say God, I, this is, I can't handle this anymore. I can't, my arms are tired from carrying this. And I've tasted the first cup and I know what it feels like to be a part of you. But Jesus, help me drink from the second cup. Help me taste what freedom truly feels like. Let the Spirit invade you today because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You can ask anyone who has ever lived in bondage whether they'd like to go back to living that life of oppression, they'd rather walk free. I just had this picture in my mind and it's probably, I need to wrap up. (laughs) Any asthmatics in the room? Just me, I'm the only one who has problems. Okay, two, two people, good. Behind me? Oh yeah, oh, yeah August. <laughs> yeah. Silly me, forgot who was standing behind me. When you have asthma and you have an asthma attack, it's kind of an, an unreal feeling. The, the only way I can describe it to you healthy lung people is, is maybe to take a bag and put, don't try this. Take a bag and breathe into it. And then like just go run with a bag over your head. It feels like no matter what you do, just trying to get a deep breath. You ever, you ever had that deep breath that one, like you wake up. When you have that, that attack and your lungs are just tightened up and you can't get the air in there. It's a scary feeling. It's just, and sometimes it can compound and your mind goes and it gets even worse. And you just can't for the life of you. My mother always used to say, just calm down, honey. Just calm down. Calm down, right? But sometimes you need to grab that, that pump and just breathe in that just chemical greatness that all of a sudden just And those first breaths when your lungs come back are amazing. Like you, you asthmatic people are feeling me right now. You get it. You know what I'm talking about. That's what this cup feels like. like. Your life has been lived constricted. And God says, hey man, I got a little red pump here. 
Just take one little shot and experience that first breath of freedom. So today, when you come forward, I want you to, I want you to do that. And you may be going, ah, I'm fine, Michael. I don't have any problems. Uh-huh. No, 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 I don't have anything hanging me up. Okay. Whatever it is, when you come today, this morning to the table, set it down. Lay down that depression, lay down that anxiety, lay down that sickness, lay down that worry. And breathe deep, the freedom of God. If you're helping with communion, if you come forward at this time, we do communion here by intention, which means you will be given a piece of the bread, this bread that Jesus blessed and broke and gave to his disciples and said, take this, it's my body given for you. After supper, he took the cup and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And every time we drink this, we remember that it is for our freedom. And so you'll be given a piece of the bread to which you will then dip into the cup. If you have a gluten um, intolerance of some sort, we do have a gluten-free alternative. Just let your, uh, your, your uh, server know. As you come forward this morning, breathe deep in the Spirit of God. When you come through and you're laying these things down right here, the prayer team is gonna be on either side. And if you just wanna to come to somebody and say, hey, I, need to, I just need to release this. There is power in prayer. There is power. You say, man, I just, I just lay, you don't even have to tell them what it is. They, they're a confidential group. They don't say anything to people, but you come and you say, man, I, I just laid something down and I need you to pray for me that I can breathe deep for the first time. The table is prepared, come.